Today on CityCast Boise, I'm talking with biking enthusiast Joe Jazuski about how to stay warm and safe on two wheels in the winter. Plus, who's allowed on sidewalks, really? Thursday, December 8th, 2022. I'm Emma Arnold, and this is CityCast Boise. Hi, Joe. How are you today? Good, Emma. How are you doing? I'm good. So when we had you uh, on the podcast in June... You mentioned how Boise is like such a great place to bike commute because there's only really a couple of months when it's tough because of the colder weather. And so here we are. Are you still biking? You know, Emma, uh, I am not ashamed to admit that I have uh, not done a whole lot of biking in the past few weeks. I am not a hardcore uh, in the sleet and the ice biker. Um, that being said, I do commit to biking every month. So I think that there are windows that you can hit even when it's cold. So I really try to pick my spots and something that you should really be thinking about is safety. So, you know, so I think, uh, bike commuting isn't an all or nothing proposition. It's do it when you can and do it when you're comfortable. And if you're not feeling it, or if it's, if the weather is not so great outside, that's okay. You don't have to do it that day. That seems very reasonable. I think that's, you know, I like to hear that you're you're saying you have some cutoffs for like what when you won't bike in winter. And you mentioned safety. So like what's the temperature threshold for you? For me, it's uh, freezing 32 degrees. If it's below freezing, I probably am leaning towards not biking. If it's above freezing, basically what I do is I dress like I'm going to go skiing. And that's a ski jacket and thick gloves, uh, a warm hat to go underneath my helmet. Uh, thick socks and head out. I will give a plug here for the city of Boise Parks Department. They do a really good job of keeping the Boise side of the Greenbelt plowed and de-iced. So if you have a choice on going on the Garden City side or the Boise side, choose the Boise side because they actually do a better job um, with the, the Greenbelt when it comes to cold weather. And if I'm going to go to work, uh, I'll have normal work pants, slacks or jeans or whatever put some long underwear on under those pants and then uh, a thin waterproof um, layer on top. So just like rain pants on on top of that. So it's it's nothing fancy. Once you get biking, you do get pretty warm. So you don't want to go too, too, too heavy. And if you have a chance that you can unzip your jacket or you've got, you know, some ski pants that have the vents on the side, uh, you probably want to get going on those because 10 or 15 minutes in, it can get pretty warm. Well, it sounds like you're pretty bundled up. What about snow? Do you keep biking even when there's snow on the ground? I know you said uh, the parks department does a good job keeping the green belt pretty clear, but what about the roads when there's some snow on the roads? Yeah, I will um, switch to my mountain bike as opposed to my road bike in the wintertime because it has thicker tires. And if you really want to, you know, you can get studded bike tires on your mountain bike. Uh, They also have those fat tire bikes that do great in snow. So if you really want to be committed to the cause here, there are options where you can be riding in the snow and with the the fat tire bikes or the studded snow tires, you're in good shape there. Okay. So let's say I want to try winter biking this year. I don't, by the way, but let's just (laughs) say all of a sudden I become a totally different person who wants to be out there. Uh, What is the number one thing I would need to have on hand when it comes to gear for winter biking? I think if you were going to prioritize anything, it would be gloves. 
because your hands are right in front and they're getting cold, you want to make sure you have some really warm ski gloves. Uh, and that can be as simple as going down to the youth ranch and buying some used ski gloves. There's also outdoor adventures uh, in downtown Boise for some used ski gear. So I would say if you're going to prioritize one thing, it's going to be gloves. That would be 1A. 1B would be a warm hat. Your ears get pretty cold out there. That makes sense. I always tell people who just moved here that are worried about the cold hands and feet. Just keep your hands and feet warm and, you know, the rest of your body is pretty good at keeping your core warm. So let's talk safety. What else on our winter biking wish list should we have to make it safer and more enjoyable? You absolutely want that that light in the front and the light in the back because it gets light so late in the mornings. I mean, if you're biking to work and you need to be at work at eight, you know, you're on the road at 730. It's still dark then. And I always tell people to prioritize being seen. I would rather uh, have cars be able to see me clearly than using a light for illumination to see where I'm going. I mean, you obviously want to see where you're, where you're going, but the biggest risk there is cars being able to, to see you. So a light on the front, a light on the back. Um, if you've got some reflectors on your tires, that's great. So people can see you from the side. Okay. So we've got, we've got warm hands and feet. We've got our hat. We've got our lights. Besides gear, what other tips and tricks do you have for winter biking? Well, I think this is always the case, but it's especially important in the winter because of the elements that we just mentioned. But avoid cars as much as you can. Stay on the green belt as long as you can. And there's other, you know, pathways out there that are car free. For instance, there's a pretty good stretch on Park Center uh, where there's a, a, a pathway where you have a physical separation from cars. But during the winter time, when the roads are slick, you really don't want to have no barrier between yourself and a car wherever possible. Sometimes that's not possible. Uh, we haven't exactly done a great job over the past few decades here of creating spaces where bikes are separated from cars. But even if it means taking a longer route, I would prioritize being on the green belt or other spaces where you are not coming into contact with cars because of the visibility and the traction issues that cars experience. That's the greatest danger out there for any um, anyone who's on a bike is a car. What about, and this might be controversial with cyclists, what about the sidewalk in the winter? Is it okay to pop up on the sidewalk if if it's snowy and a little icy and you don't have a good separation? I mean, some parts, some places don't even have bike lanes in Boise. How do you feel about people popping up on the sidewalk? I think that that makes total sense. If the sidewalk is the safest place for you to be, then be on the sidewalk. I think the thing to remember there is that you need to be on the lookout for pedestrians and you need to be yielding to pedestrians if you're going to ride a bike on the sidewalk. But in Idaho, it's totally legal to ride your bike on the sidewalk. That's just fine. And um, Oh, it is. I didn't know yep. that. Okay. Oh. Yeah, that's that's something that is sometimes a misconception, but it is okay uh, for bikes to be on the, on the sidewalk. You just have to yield to pedestrians. And that's one, one way, Emma, to get that physical separation from cars. You know, you have that curb there, which is better than nothing. I always thought it was illegal... Uh, to ride on the sidewalk, which in Boise can be petrifying. You know, you see people sort of like, you know, going down overland in spots where there's no bike lane. And I'm always like, man, that is a different level of bravery than I have. I would be on the sidewalk for sure. Yeah. And it's an interesting dynamic because people who are on the sidewalk will see a cyclist there and be like, oh, you cyclists, get off the sidewalk. But really, they're forced there because no one built them a bike lane or no one built them a protected bike area. So they're they're forced onto the sidewalk. And so it's not really their fault. There's sort of 
no place to be. Another example of that is on one-way streets. You know, if you're going down Maine or Idaho downtown and your destination is upstream from the cars, you don't want to be riding your bike on the road against traffic. You're going to have to be on the sidewalk. So it's bikes being on the sidewalk is a symptom of not enough infrastructure for cyclists. Let's talk transportation politics a little bit. The Ada County Highway District leadership is changing a bit after last month's election. And Miranda Gold beat out incumbent Mary May. So that means we'll have a solid majority of commissioners who campaigned at least for making biking, walking and public transit better. So what's your take on this change? Gosh, it's a big sea change. It's going to be a real big difference. And I was heartened by Miranda winning by like 1500 votes, which, you know, if you remember Alexis Pickering's election two years ago, she won by four. So Miranda running on a pretty solid pro-safety, pro-biking, pro-walking platform and then winning by 1500 votes is really encouraging. And I think we're going to see a big change. They're about to vote on um, the 8th Street bikeway plans. I think that's going to happen in January. So Miranda, that could be her first vote that she's going to cast would be for um, for that 8th Street bikeway. So, you know, it's going to take a while. It's not like we're going to wake up in January and February and there's going to be protected bike lanes everywhere. But the commission has really shifted in the direction towards walking, biking, and, and public transportation, as you mentioned. So we're going to see that play out, I think, in, in the years to come. Yeah, I think so, too. And I, I look forward to seeing what they're doing with all of that. Do you have any big hopes for this new ACDHD commission? Like, what does success look like to you? Well, I think in the short term, it's getting that 8th Street bikeway but in the long term, I think it's getting some of the sidewalk gaps filled in. If you live up on the bench, especially sort of up Vista, there's a lot of neighborhoods that don't have sidewalks. And also um, separated and protected bike lanes. It's not good enough anymore just to have a stripe of paint on the side of the road that says bikes go here and cars go here because people are looking at their phones, they're slipping in the ice. We have to have that concrete buffer between the two, um, that will be the next frontier, I think, in, in Ada County. When I moved here 19 years ago, there were very few bike lanes. Um, now there are a lot more bike lanes. And I think the next step is going to be that protected bike lane that keeps the bikes separated from the cars um, because that's, that's what's going to keep people safe. And that will be what keeps more people biking and fewer cars on the road, which benefits everybody. Mm. So anything else uh, we should know about winter biking? Anything else we missed? I think it's not as painful as people think it is. Like I said, my my line of demarcation is sort of freezing because of the slickness. But once you get going on your bike and if you got, you know, like we talked about, good gloves and a good hat, a decent jacket, thick socks, um, it's pretty nice. It's nice to be out when a lot of people aren't out, which uh, is different than if you're, you know, riding on the green belt during the summertime. And I don't think it's as painful as, as some people think. I would give it a shot. Even you, Emma, give it a shot. See, <laughs> see how you like it. And if you don't like it, you know, it's okay. You can, you can bring your bike out in May. But there's, there's a certain pleasantness of being out in the winter when it's cold and quiet and there are fewer people out. Oh, I think you actually talked me into it. I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. <laughs> Mission accomplished. here's some news to know today. CBS2 News is reporting that Canyon County's only overnight family shelter is facing a February deadline to raise $300,000, or they will have to shut down. 
The Salvation Army Family Shelter in Nampa serves about 13 families at a time or upwards of 50 people per night. Right now, 92 children and their parents are waiting to get in. Each year, more than 1,200 children experience homelessness in Nampa. That's all for today here on CityCast Boise. If you enjoyed the show, why not tell a friend? Leave us a review and don't forget to subscribe to our Hey Boise newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Bye.